Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Lustrak. I'm here with Alan Stedham. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you have the Jordan Arrow books, correct? <laughs> yes. Uh, Jordan's Arrow is actually the second book in a trilogy called the Jordan of Algorand series. And what led you to create the series? Well, basically, um, it is uh, a Christian science fantasy, and I wanted to, come on, honey, <laughs> that's my daughter, um, <laughs> uh, come out, love. Can I get some gummies? Not right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't you love kids that just come in on it, interviews and stuff? It's amazing. Honey, close the door. <laughs> All right. Um, Anyway, um, the Jordan of Algorand series follows uh, Jordan. Uh, her name is Jordan Lewis, and basically she is uh, a young woman who she and her mother get abducted by aliens and taken to a world called Algorand. And uh, this follows basically her life. Um, and the second book picks up where basically she has actually uh, married uh, one of the people from Algoran and has started a family and becomes the chiefess of the tribe that adopted her and her mother. Okay. And so it's the thing that's interesting about Jordan's Arrow is that it's actually a war book. And so there's a, a tribe uh, called the Gulsta from another part of Algoran. And they're trying to invade their territory. And more than that, they have a grudge against the Makta tribe. And so Jordan is a brand new leader who is trying to basically save her people. And at the same time, uh, I'm underneath all of this, I'm, I'm telling a Christian message, which is, is basically, it doesn't glorify war. It shows hopefully the reality of war. And at the same time, it shows what kind of person is, is Jordan going to be? Because Jordan isn't a Christian yet, but she has had an experience with God in the first book that has changed and affected her. And so it, it makes for uh, interesting storytelling because we've got sort of some science fiction elements and some fantasy elements uh, within this story. Right, you're blending like three different categories at the same time. <laughs> so doing that in itself makes an interesting book. Exactly. Now you take each individual um, part and you start analyzing, you go with, oh, I want to do fantasy today or I want to do science fiction today, but we have to have this underlying message. But mm -hmm. those are the best books because they teach us something morally right or wrong. Yes. And the, the thing that um, is, is sort of interesting on Algorand is that uh, the level of technology is low. Um, but there's a few exceptions because there's a, a people on this world that had the, the people that originally abducted Jordan and her mother, they have advanced technology, but they kind of stayed away. They, they're isolationists. They stay away from the rest of the, of the world. So the other world didn't get their technological advances, but Jordan manages to get her hands on some. So it, it levels certain bits of the playing field, but the, uh, the Gulsta don't have any of that. So Jordan's kind of using a little bit of that to compensate for her lack of <laughs> leadership, uh, her lack of experience, I should say, 
with this. But in the end, it comes down to, you know, the decisions that the leaders make. And, and there's a, another thing that I got to do in the Jordan of Algorand series is that the leaders of both tribes are female. And so you don't have the, the male-female dynamic or the male-male dynamic that you normally have in either fantasy or science fiction. You get to see two intelligent, basically equally matched females met, uh, going up against each other in basically a, uh, a tactical war okay. and seeing who comes out on top. And uh, one of the things that I like to do, though, is, is have twists because what's what's a good book without twists, right? <laughs> you have to have those twists in there, otherwise you're going to get bored halfway through. Exactly. <laughs> so it's been it was, you know, a, a real journey for me because this this wasn't like anything that I'd ever done before. I, I did a book before this. My debut novel was actually a superhero thriller. So this is completely different than any of that. And this is a trilogy on top of it. Mm -hmm. With with Jordan's Arrow, uh, it it really it really builds up, and there's a lot of character development for Jordan because, as you might imagine, you know, war changes people, and people have to do. Uh, amazing things and terrible things during war and so and jordan's no exception to that as the right. leader of the makta the the other side the the gulsta they have a leader named ilsketh and uh she's been raised to do this pretty much since birth so it's, it's interesting to see the way the different characters you know view war view conquest view the preservation of their people because both people both of the leaders see this as a preservation of the people. One does it through expansion, one does it through defense. Right, and we see this through history too. I mean, yes. you can go to any part of the world and to history. Mm -hmm. And you have these wars to expand or to defend your land. Right. And we're, you can see this kind of now playing out in the US mm. because we're repeating history because it, Obviously, we didn't learn anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, Jordan's Arrow came out in February of this year, so it doesn't have anything to do with, with you know, the present with things that are going on, but it's an interesting timing, you know? <laughs> you, and so... You brought it out right at the most interesting time of the year yeah. because you wrote it with nothing going on. Right. We looked at 2019 when you probably started writing this. Mm -hmm. Nothing is really going on. We're all happy, go lucky, go <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> come out in February. Then we go into pandemic, and then right. chaos. Exactly. So it's, inter it's serendipitous timing. Indeed. But, you know, the, I guess another thing that's uh, good about books is that they can teach us those historical lessons or moral lessons that could be applicable at any time. Yes. And so it's just fortuitous that it's, you know, available right now. And, and hopefully the readers can, you know, they'll take away their own impressions, but hopefully it'll leave a good one. We can only hope. <laughs> I mean, we have so much going on right now. And even if you look at any history, any veteran that's been in a war, they'll tell you either side depends on what side they were on. Right. And that's something that you're actually exploring on the fantasy side, but mm -hmm. if you talk to any veteran from any country, from any war, 
they'll give you different points of view. Right, exactly. And uh, another thing that, you know, I wanted to bring out of this is that everybody gets affected in war. Even if you're not fighting, mm -hmm. you're still affected by the consequences of war. And it's, it's not contained to, you know, the aggressor's side or the defender's or, and plus both sides see themselves in a good light. And so, and whether they do propaganda or whether it's just the belief of the people, you know, nationalistically or tribally or however you view it, mm -hmm. um, they're not going to see themselves necessarily as the aggressor or as the bad guy. They're just going to see themselves as upholding their culture or their country or however they see it. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. the, but the fallout affects everybody. Yeah, it takes someone looking at both points of view to really have an opinion because you either A or B, you get mm -hmm. one side of the coin or the other you are your mindset is going to choose a side right so. exactly and what i was hoping in this book was to show both sides mm -hmm. so that uh the reader could make you know a fair assessment i mean you know um just because the the lead character we we know i think for the reader it's going to be interesting because from the first book and into the second book, they've seen the Makhda, they've seen Jordan, they've seen her family and, and the tribes people that they've seen, and they've seen the, the environment. But in Jordan's Arrow, it brings in another part of the world and a whole other culture and a, a different way of looking at things. And so you can you know actually see things from the Gulstaz perspective and you can see why they feel the way that they feel, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, you can at least understand it. Right. We want to believe in our uh, characters that we've grown attached to or we got a, a fantasy in our head about because we have our book boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever, mm -hmm. but we fall in love with these characters and then something happens you go, wait, what am I reading? But mm -hmm. it makes you think, it gives you that other point of view. Maybe everything's not as it seems. Right. And, and I, I never want my characters to seem perfect or infallible. I, I think that's, personally, I think that's lazy writing. If, if you're, if your character never makes a mistake, never um, chooses the wrong thing, you know, it, the important thing is for them to learn from their mistakes. And the important thing is to show that they are multidimensional and that, uh, you know, they may usually make the right decision, but maybe this time they didn't. And how do they deal with it? And what are the long-term consequences of some of those? Because when you get when you go up to leadership positions, you're affecting a whole lot of people, and that's a whole lot of pressure on your shoulders, which can lead to good decisions or bad decisions. And I wanted to show that. Yeah. Anyone that's a leader, it doesn't matter if you're a manager at a company, mm -hmm. a book character, leading a military whatever, mm -hmm. leading a country, you mm -hmm. have all this pressure, and you have to make split-second decisions. Right. Not always are those split second decisions going to be positive. Right. Exactly. So, you know, we get a chance to see that uh, with Jordan and, um, you know, how that actually leads to her growth as a woman and as a leader and as a wife and as a mother. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but at the same time, it's, uh, 
this war will change her for the rest of the series. You know, even right. once the war is over, and, and I wanted because that's pretty realistic too. People don't just walk away from uh, war, no matter their role. No. You know, the same that they were before it. Right. And that's a lot, I'm glad you put that in there because we see this with our veterans today, a lot more today, we're acknowledging it. Mm -hmm. You're not getting the same person back before they went to war. Before right. they seen the atrocities that whatever they witnessed, whatever they did, whatever happened, it's not the same person mentally. Exactly. And that, uh, and it, you know, manifests, uh, you know, uh, PTSD, it manifests in a whole lot of different ways and, uh, you know, can lead to depression and all these things. I, I wanted that reflected as well, short term and long term. I'm glad that you did that because it's something that needs to be talked about, brought to the light and brought to the forefront because we have so much going on. We don't think about the mental differences. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and here it's, it's front and center because it affects Jordan. It doesn't just affect Jordan, but it mainly affects Jordan because she's the one, again, in that leadership position. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of things that happen within the story, um, you know, she's accountable for that. Uh, even, if, even if her tribe sees her in a super positive light, she's been affected by this. And she knows what she did or didn't do and how that affected uh, the other side and her own people. Right, and the thing is, when you're in a leadership position, if, and I'm writing this from a character's point of view, hmm. because actually I'm writing a war book right now from a fantasy point, but hmm. when you're in a leadership point of view, you are taking in every death, every conflict, every negative thing you're taking it in on yourself mm -hmm. even if you're putting on this bright sunny face for the public for your people who you're ever you're leading mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that's what's going on in here in your heart exactly exactly and uh let's say that's uh, that's front and center with jordan and in a way that's also uh front and center with uh, the leader of the Gulstar. it's just that she has a different perspective and she is you know she is basically in it to win it and so she's going to have different standards than jordan does and i think that also is is real because uh you know you can be more or less equally matched uh from a tactical perspective from an intelligence perspective and you know a lot of people say that you know some of the best decisions are tactical some are just dumb luck and so it's a matter basically which tactics pan out and so we get to see that uh in this story as well right we don't again going through different wars through uh, history what are the the conflicts that the winner won mm -hmm. by accident like right. gettysburg just mm -hmm. throw this one out there that was a battle that was by accident it wasn't a planned battle. Right. Yep. And so, you know, it's, it was interesting for me to write because I, like I say, I didn't, ex mm -hmm. the interesting thing is I didn't expect to write a war book. Uh, when I came into this, I was looking at the story from, you know, the beginning, mm -hmm. the middle, and the end. And so I, I look at it, uh, each book technically can stand alone, but they're part of this trilogy right. saga. 
And so uh, in this one, I came into it and I knew the starting elements I was going to have, but then I had this inspiration towards the Gulstop people and their leader and how their leader is chosen and how they're trained and basically how their culture uh, is expansionistic. And if they're not expanding, then they consider themselves failing. And so that puts pressure on that leader to go forward. So when I saw that dynamic, I realized, oh, this is going to be a full-scale world war. Mm -hmm. And so that, that changed the dynamic of what I was writing. And, but it, it really helped to, to deepen the story. It, it helped me to really click into the perspective of all of these characters to try and give a, a balanced view, but also show the, the chaos and the randomness of war as well. Okay. Well, I mean, our characters, we have an idea as authors to mm. write a book. We can see the beginning, we can see kind of a little bit of the middle that's kind of fuzzy, and then we have the end. Right. I'm one of those authors, I write the end, then I'll figure out everything else. <laughs> but the characters have a way of, hey, you're going to do this because this part of the story needs to be told. Right. You're going to make another book because I'm not done talking to you yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and in my case, um, you know, I get a lot of, uh, well, I pretty much get my my inspiration from from prayer, and I really lean on the Lord about these, you know, to to deliver these stories. So, I may have an idea of where things are going to go, but that inspiration may go, you know, a different direction than I planned, and I, I got to go with the inspiration. Right. As a good author, you don't go just by your plans. Right. The best laid plan will always go awry when you're writing. Yep. I agree with that. I, I, I can sit down with little posted notes, little, little notes everywhere and do a thought tree and all this other stuff. And that will go right out the window. Right. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Um, as I try and I write out, um, a lot of outlines and things like that when I'm first starting up so I can kind of have uh, a reservoir of ideas and character tidbits and stuff. But when the book is said and done, it's maybe 25% of that. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I will go through, draw out the characters, how I see them in my head, make their whole planetarium alignment and everything else. And that just goes out the window. Mm -hmm. The only thing I might use is the names. Right. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun too. You know, the, the whole, cause um, for me, it's, it's a journey. I imagine for most authors, it's, it's a journey getting there. You know, you want to take the readers on a journey, but you go on a journey too. Right. Everyone goes, every author has this one fan, this one reader come up to you. That was such a wonderful book. It was a journey. How did you know when it was going to end? You go, oh, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I usually don't know the, the, like, I may know roughly where I'd like it to end up, whether it ends that way or takes a different turn. That's, that's up to my inspiration. Yeah. It doesn't come from the author. It comes from our muses, whoever or whatever the, they may be. We just are the medium that puts it onto the paper. We're along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
very well said. So you went <laughs> into the third book. Do you have yep. a theme or an idea of how that one is going to go? Uh, it's actually finished and it will be due out this fall. It's called Jordan's Deliverance. Each of the books has a Jordan title. So the first one is Jordan's World, second is Jordan's Arrow, and the third is Jordan's Deliverance. Awesome. And you said this fall, so Halloween-ish, maybe? Yeah, October, November, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I don't have the exact date yet, but I should soon. And um, the uh, we do already have the cover for it. And uh, basically, we're just in that final stage of, you know, uh, checking and approving the copy and, and getting everything ready to go. Awesome. But... Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's set. You know, it's there's not going to be any more books after this in this series. It's not going to have a spinoff or anything. I really wanted to make it uh, satisfying for the reader. Concluded with the third book. We do try to make a series as a trilogy. No more than four. Doesn't always work that way. I mean, <laughs> there's one book out there one series out there i'll read if they have 20 books <laughs> but um it just depends on your story if it's done being told or if it needs to continue pick right. it back up in 10 years right you know it's it's one of those if there's if there's sufficient material i mean i actually considered a spinoff of it uh with jordan's children but I looked at it and I said, okay, in terms of the quantity and quality of material, it felt right to end it with the third book and just leave a little bit to the reader's imagination as to what happens going right. forward. Right. It's all, it's up to the readers. I mean, we do listen to the readers. So if the readers, we get on fan fiction, a page for that book, this is really cool because I love doing this as an author, going in there and seeing what the readers are saying about the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have, I'm very intrigued, hopeful, and semi-dreading to see the day of Jordan fan fiction, but you know, I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things, do I really want to read this? as the author or do I not want to read it because <laughs> at the same time the you know they say that uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery so you know I take it in that light as well very 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 true and I always tell authors I'm like if you have a book that's been copied on fan fiction you're doing awesome <laughs> <laughs> exactly so where can our readers listeners and viewers find you okay so my books are on amazon they are on barnes and noble uh, ibook google play um, and you can actually access all of it through my website which is allenstedham.com a-l-l-e-n-s-t-e-a-d-h-a-m.com i've got a page just for the books and it has the information about the books it has where you can buy them and direct links to those sources uh, to give you a variety of because some people want to get it from this place, that place. They don't want to get it from this place. So I wanted to give a variety for that. Yeah, I mean, you have Amazon that they have a center that gets attacked by whatever. 
-hmm. they're moving. So now, okay, is our book actually at Amazon or do we have to wait for them to rebuild a new printer or, <laughs> right. you know, exactly. it, it's just one thing after another. So we always have a variety of stores that we can go to. Exactly. And people like choices. It's funny things that when we have choices, we always go to, oh, I like to only get my books at Walmart or right. I only get my books at XYZ. Right. <laughs> but at least you got that choice. <laughs> exactly. We love them. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I do look forward to the conclusion to Jordan's journey. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. You too.